Peace, love, knowledge, and freedom, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sofrail Conversations. And as you've seen from the title, I want to talk about self-care. Now, I actually have an episode on self-care, right? But I've never done a Sofrail conversation self-care, like, because it was more general. Because, you know, like, self-care for us is kind of taboo. Um, And I feel like it's something that we need to talk about more um on a grander scale so i kind of wanted to just you know dive into it because um what really made me want to you know think about like i got an uncle and my uncle had a stroke he had two but it's like they were like he was so strong as a man that it didn't take him out the first one didn't the second one kind of debilitated him low-key um I ain't gonna say Loki has to wear he has to use a cane now. You feel me? And it's hard for him to maneuver and shit with his left side or whatever. But it's like, damn, bro, like what level of like cause me personally, I feel like strokes are I feel like strokes are um moments when your your entire nervous system shuts down on one side because of all the tension bent up in your nerves. It's just me. There's other factors to it, too. But I'm, you know, more so that's one of the contributing factors because it's like we go so long that when we finally relax, it's almost like it's like, you know how you shake a soda up? Like you shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. And you got to let off the the steam like slowly to let the pressure out slowly so it doesn't fizz everywhere. Right. With a stroke. And, you know, especially with the tension we have as men, like, we hold it in. Bottle, 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 bottle. And then we just take the cap off. Like, when he retired, like, he was finally able to relax. And he just relaxed. You know what I'm saying? It was like he took the top off. And, like, over time, he never released the pressure from the stresses that he built up. You know? And that made me think about, you know, self-care. I have a cousin. You feel me? which incidentally is my nephew's, I mean, my uncle's son. You feel me? He had a stroke also. It's like, goddamn, what is the thing? And both of those men, very strong men. I mean, warrior spirit type strong men, like, you feel what I'm saying? But something took them out. When I look at them and I sit and, you know, my uncle always sat at his feet. Like, I listened to him a lot. You know, <laughs> he used to always tell me, he used to be like, you know, uh, you're a warrior. He said, I can see the warrior in you. He said, by any means, you're going to figure something out and you're going to, he said, that's warrior nature. He said, you're not just a man. You're not just a boy. Like, you're a warrior. It's different. Like, when he told me that, it kind of went to my head. I ain't going to hold you. But I get what he was saying. But it's like, to see him, somebody of you like that, in that light is very, very powerful. You know what I mean? Bisakunde was like, you know, it was stress. It was stress-induced and everything like that. But it's like, dude, you're retired. What are you still stressing for? You dig what I'm saying? It's like, what are you still stressing for? And now when I look at my cousin, it's like, yo, he's in the same pocket. He's in the same pocket as his son. It's like, these men, like, they come from a, a stock where it's like, we got to always work. We got to always be on the forefront and we never can stop 
or we can never stop, you know, grammar police, fuck y'all, but we can never stop. And now that I'm in my 30s, I've learned to value my mental health and my, you know, my self-care moments. And I kind of want to talk about that because when I see the leading causes of death for us as men, you know, heart disease, you know, like, like heart attacks and strokes and shit like that, those are, those are, you know, largely stress induced. You feel me? But why are we holding up so much stress? Why are we keeping so much in? And there's so many different dynamics to that. And I kind of wanted to talk about it because I feel like my brothers, we need to take self-care more seriously. You know, self-care Saturdays, self-care Sundays, like we do. I, I take my self-care days, but we need moments of relaxation. We need moments of release. And I think we need to be comfortable talking about it. You feel me? Comfortable talking about it. And, you know, I found my comfort, so I want to talk about it today. But before we dive heavy into it, be sure to follow me on Instagram at the Just Sing Podcast. Be sure to check out my website at IamJustSing.com to get all things that are just seen. To all those <clears throat> to all those who tip, donate, sponsor to the podcast, you are greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. To all those who would like to tip, donate, sponsor to the podcast, you can do so by clicking the link in the description of your podcast. Not this episode, but the podcast itself. Cash App and PayPal are just fine. And as always, that's that for this and that's this for that. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into so frail conversations. Self-care. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to visit IamJustSeen.com. There you can get all things Just Seen. You want to add the So Frail series to your library? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You want to learn how to master the market for serious trading and investing? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You want to get your hands on some exclusive merch like tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, hats, bags? Visit IamJustSeen.com. Are you thinking about transitioning into the plant-based lifestyle? Visit IamJustSing.com. You ever want to just chat with Sing about anything from simple advice to mentorship? Visit IamJustSing.com. <laughs> anything and everything that is me, you can find at IamJustSing.com. So just take a quick peek into my world and see why being just seen is nothing less but always more. Because you never really know what you need until you see it. You will never see it unless you visit IamJustSing.com. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And without further ado, we'll get heavy into it. So, like I was saying, like my uncle and my cousin, they kind of pretty much put me on game to, you know, the importance of self care. You feel me? And I think there's a stigma that makes self care hard to do because as men, we don't want to be viewed as lazy. You feel me? A man taking time off is lazy. It's not lazy, but societally, culturally, structurally, we look at it as when a man takes time off from anything, he's lazy. No, you have to keep going. You're a man. You're built for these things. All of this shit is like, you're not, bro. You're human. You're human. You're not a, you're, you're not a robot. You know, you're not a machine. You feel me? That just needs to be oiled and shit. Like, you need to care for yourself. You feel me? And I mean care for yourself in the sense that it's tension-releasing, not tension-inducing. One of the things that I've learned, because I used to do it, 
you feel me, you know, blow off some steam when I used to, when stress and tension used to get how I worked out. I worked out like, you feel me? And it's like, yo, bro, I'm going to keep going. It's just like that stress gets me through my workout. So it's like I'm thinking I'm relieving stress, but am I really relieving the stress? Or am I bottling more in? It should be making me stronger than a motherfucker. Like, And then I keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But that is not a, a method of release. <clears throat> I'm not releasing the stress. I'm channeling it. There's a difference. Like I'm channeling it into a different space. As men, that's what we're encouraged to do. Channel the shit. You feel me? Focus it. Like think about how when we look at the foot, like football, you know, when I was um, 12 years old, I had a teacher who was like, yo, you need to play football. You're too angry. Fuck that. I ain't playing no fucking football, motherfucker. I don't care how angry I am. Because you can release that anger on the field. It didn't do shit. It didn't do shit. I didn't play football either, but, you know, <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to do shit. And the reason why I didn't end up playing football, because he wanted me to play when I got to high school. But the reason why I didn't play when I got to high school, because I was beefing with niggas on the team. And I come from a place where beef is real. You feel me? I don't know. Like, we could be in a weight room together and the motherfucker might decide he want to drop a weight, uh, a bar on me. I can't risk that shit, so I didn't play. You feel me? I can't play. So I was like, I'm not even going to worry about that. Because not only that, I was like low-key by myself because it was him and another, like, it was beef, bro. It was me and them. It wasn't me and him. It was me and them. And I didn't want to put myself in that situation. I said, yo, I would have to hurt a motherfucker. You feel me? But the point that I was making with that was that he wanted me to play football because he was like, that's going to release that anger. It ain't going to release that anger. It's going to make me channel it. It's going to make me channel it. It ain't going to go nowhere, though. You feel me? And I'm saying that because when I look at us as men, we're never taught to release and let go. We're taught to bottle in and transmute. It's cool. It's cool when you're young. It's cool when you're vibrant. It's cool when you're vivacious and you can do that shit. But it takes its toll over time. Your nerves be, you know, wound up. You're on edge. You feel me? Low-key, a lot of it is it can develop into, like, mild PTSD, if you ask me, you know. And I'm I'm watching how a lot of my brothers, we don't, we don't release. And it's, there's something, therapy ain't enough. There's things you can't talk out. You feel me? There's things you just can't talk out. But there's time, you, there's moments when you just got to get away. But it's hard. It's hard to have those moments to yourself because when you truly step up to be the man of your environment and your man of your circumstances, like everybody's counting on you. Everybody's depending on you. Everybody wants you. You're, you're to go to. I think people forget the depths of what protector and provider really is and what that can do to you. You know, over time, only a motherfucker who's truly protecting and providing can know what it'll do to you in the, in the long run. You're doing this for 40, 50, 60 years repetitively. You feel me? And we come from an era like now, our generation, a lot of our generation, we don't really work with our hands anymore. They fucked us over. Like, you feel me? We got, we 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 bought into the notion, oh, get a college degree so I don't have to like, and it's the motherfuckers working with their hands that are fucking, you know, dusting us off and shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
these are like me personally is I'm learning things. I like had to work on cars, you know what I'm saying? In my spare time, I'm learning more man shit, quote unquote. You feel me? Because when I was young, it was like, yo, go to school. You don't want to be doing no manual labor all your life. And I didn't. They were right. I didn't. I still don't like doing manual labor. All the shit that I do is not manual at all. You feel me? I do not like stressing myself out anymore. You feel me? But at the same token, it's like with all that we have learned as men with all the transition, one thing that he never took away from us was the fact that we're still the men. We're still protecting provider. Now we're in the age pocket where that stress, that overwhelm from the generations has happened so much. Motherfuckers don't want to be men no more. I'm not speaking from a transgender perspective or a gay perspective. I'm speaking from a perspective of nobody wants to be that. Yeah, I know what that is. You feel what I mean? Nobody wants to be the man who's the go-to. Because one of the biggest things that I'm learning now as I become a man in my own, it's like a lot of the men that I used to look up to when I was young, you feel me? It's like they were always strong. They were always powerful. And it's like I never really knew the inside of them. It wasn't until I became a man myself that I was able to see, yo, you motherfuckers still get scared. You motherfuckers still have doubts in yourself. You motherfuckers still worry about shit. And you motherfuckers still stress about life. You smile, you put up the front, and you, you know what I mean? It's like, I will always look at the scowl that, you know, the old heads will have. It's like, why you always look mean? That's what it means to become a man. No, that's what it means. That's what it means to be stressed. You feel me? I had somebody ask me one time. It was like, one day, they, no, they didn't ask me. They kind of told me, they said, one day you'll be happy. I said, who the fuck said I'm not happy? <laughs> Just the way in which I, I said that shit. was like, who the fuck said I wasn't happy? I'm very happy. Like, I'm a very happy person. But it's like, it's not on your face. You don't smile. I said, there's nothing to smile for. You feel me? That doesn't mean I'm not happy. I, I when, when the moments present themselves, I rise to the occasion and I step up to it. But there's nothing. Like, it's like, but written on my face. What I've been told is that what's written on my face is worry, is stress, tension. Like, and this was told to me about three or four years ago. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you don't ever smile. Why are you always looking so angry? I'm, I'm not. I'm really not angry. Like, this is just the way my face sits. And one day I stumbled across this post that said, you know, remove your tongue from the top of your mouth. I even made a podcast episode about this a while back. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember saying this. It was like, remove the tongue from the top of your mouth. Let your shoulders down. Unwrinkle your forehead. And I was like, and as I'm doing it, as I'm looking over the shit to do it, I'm like, damn. It's so natural. I don't even feel it. I don't even feel that my face is tensed up or none of that shit. I remember I was talking to this woman one time. We was FaceTiming and shit. And I was just focused on doing something. And she would look at me and say, fix your face. What's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm good. You sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm good. And then I thought about that. As I look back in hindsight, I'm like, 
every one of my brothers, like my close homies and shit that I really fuck with, we all got the same look. My older brother, you feel me? My cousins, uncles. We all have this same look on our face, like the same intensity on our face. Like, I got to get it done, whatever that it may be. You feel me? I had a girlfriend once tell me, she said, why are you so intense? Because I ain't intense, man. I'm chilling, y'all. Like, what the fuck? Like, then that starts getting me frustrated. But it's like, I see it. Every one of my close homies and shit, we share that same commonality. Like, the stress got us so wound up that we don't know what to do. And our only focus when they tell us to dissipate it is to work out. You feel me? It makes you stronger, but that increases the tension in your body. Because what people, you know what I'm saying? Something that I've learned, you know, studying anatomy and physiology and all of that shit is that muscle tone. Muscle tone, like when motherfuckers be like, yo, I'm cut, I'm ripped and shit like that. But I don't think people really understand what tone is. Tone is your body being a state of contraction at all times. So the more tone a motherfucker is, the more, the, the deeper in which their body is contracted. You feel me? So like when a motherfucker get cut, they get diesel and shit like that. They're strong and everything like that. But the reason why they are cut in that regard is because their body is naturally in a state of muscle contraction. That's what they get. That's what leads them to be toned up. So you get to that point where you're toned. You're in that contraction state without having to contract your muscle so much, so to speak. Right? Why does this become problematic? Because it, it adds to the tension that we already have. Being a black man in the world, I no longer say America because this shit's all fucked up. Being a black man in the world, you see something different every single day. You see something that you can't escape. It's everywhere you go. So what do you do? You can't run from it, so you got to run with it. You feel me? So it's like we reduce, we think working out reduces our stress, but it increases it. It increases it. Imagine having, imagine being so stressed out that your hyper, that your blood pressure goes up, but your blood pressure goes up because you're stressed and you're stressed because your body is in a fight or flight response. So the tension is making you, but you can't fight and you don't flee. You hold on. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? You can't fight. Because of the way society said, but you don't flee because you can't. As a man, you can't retreat. We're taught not to retreat, never to run, never, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's not even pride that causes us to do it. We just do it. You feel me? But overall, what it what it what it does to us is that it allows that tension to build. Tension that we hold on to for years on end. You feel me? I got grays in my beard and I lost the hair on my head. And I think back to, I think back to the moments when I look at how much stress I have within myself. I heard this powerful, I forgot who the guys were that were talking about it, but they were saying as men, especially black men, <clears throat> when we're stressed, we don't remove the stress or we increase our stress threshold. 
that shit sent me. I was like, because we do do that. I know I do. I know my homies do too. The power and the detriment here in the in uttering the two words, I'm good. Fuck what we feel on the inside. Fuck what, what develops, you know, outside of us. Like, I'm good. We not. We not, bro. We have too much pent up pent up within us. We got to let it go. We got to release it. Sadly enough, most of us will not release it until we retire. And we know that every day is an ongoing task to make sure everything around you is provided for and protected. And so for L3, I mentioned the Protect and Provider chapter. That is one of my favorite chapters. And like the whole series is my favorite. I love that I put it together and I just love what it, what came out of it. Not just because I did it, but if somebody else would have wrote this content, I would love it just the same. But the only time when you're really in that space, when you're really in that move, the only time you're able to let that guard down and not have to be the protector and provider is when you retire. Incidentally, it's in old age when men start breaking down. Heart attacks, stroke, you know, their body slow down. It's like, it's like, like, it's like damn, you retire. And it's like they finally got to that point where they can relax. Their kids are gone. They're out the house. The wife is still there. She's good if she's still there, whatever the case may be. But eventually it wears them out. And it's not that it wore them out. It's the fact that you've been worn out. Now you're trying to rest. And now the body is it's in shock. It's almost as if, it's almost like the situations where it's like 120 degree weather. Shit's hot as fuck. I ain't ever experienced 120 degree weather. I just know about 120 degree weather. I hear about it. But let's say it's 120 degrees outside. You outside, you've been out there for a good three hours. You hot, you sweating. And you take a bucket of ice and pour it on your head. Bucket of ice water. And I don't know ice water challenge yet, but a bucket of ice water. You're going to pass out. Your body shuts down. It's a shock treatment. It released. It cooled down too fast. It let go too fast. No different than the shaking up soda. Soon as if you don't allow the top to open up slowly, the pressure is going to open up and it's whoosh, squirting everywhere. You dig what I'm saying? When I was a kid, like I used to do this thing where you take a soda top, right? With a little piece of like. You poke a hole in it, John. And we we was crazy-ass kids, bro, for real, for real. Because we shouldn't have been doing this shit. Like, this shit could have fucked up our eyes. It could have fucked up, you know what I'm saying, so much about us. But, like, we would take the sodas and poke holes in them and spray each other with them. Spray each other. So we'd be sticking in them all the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yo, we would be sticking in them all the fuck, yo. But the pressure is where that is. And we would just let the pressure off immediately. That's what happens in our moments of retirement. But up until that moment, the daily aspects, we're not able to build that piece by piece because there's so much that goes into it. You feel me? And then we have to look at our childhoods. When did you start? Like this mean mug that I got, this tension in my face, like I remember the moment I started having it. You feel me? I was 11 years old. 11. 
And it was a it was a function of my father not being there. That's one stress. And then my older brother leaving. You feel me? I think he was 19 when he finally moved out. Left me as 12 years old to be the man of the house. Some people joke. I don't think some people really understand the capacity of what that what burden that puts on you as a boy. You feel what I'm saying? When I look at my brother, I'm in awe. Dead ass, y'all. I, I be in awe of my brother because he became the man of the house at seven years old. That shouldn't have happened, but it did. Imagine the fears you have you can't show. You're supposed to have. You're supposed to be scared. You're fucking seven. But you got to step up into a different place you're not supposed to be. So while he had to do it at seven, I didn't start until 12 when he left. From seven to 19, you're the man of the house. 12 whole years, bro. How many of us in that pocket? Because some of us grew up with our fathers. You feel me? Because I'm, I'm going to get into the different layers of the different stresses we hold. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get to the point of self-care. But I got to set the scene with this. Because that's a different level of pressure. Feel me? They say pressure makes diamonds. I think the issue with that is that we take on so much pressure that we're a diamond the whole time and then we become a pipe at the end. We become a pipe at the end. And that's what fucks us up. The strokes, the heart attacks, all of that. It's deep. It's deep. You're in this constant state of protection. You're in survival, dog. I don't think people understand the depths of survival mode. It puts a, it, it takes its toll on you. And like I said, you wear it on your face. I can always tell how much trauma, not really tell how much trauma, but I can always see how much stress one of my brothers are going through just by looking in his eyes. I can see exhaustion. I can see disappointment. I can see being afraid. I can see doubt. I can see worry. I can see confusion. Because I have them all too. Each one of those things brings stress heavily. Heavily. And one thing that we we don't do often is escape. We use coping mechanisms as escapism. But we don't escape. Because we can't. We can't. Everybody says take some time for yourself. Get yourself together, man. Like, But you can't. You don't have the luxury of actually sitting and stopping and saying, what do I need to process? <clears throat> you feel me? And in addition to that, we don't get much encouragement to do so. I can run down a list of songs dedicated to women. Lists of uh, situations and circumstances and webinars and, and you know, self-help groups catered to women. Like a major list. How much of that, <clears throat> how much of that is really for us too? You feel me? I don't see much of that. I see 
Yo, pick your nuts up, bro. Quit bitching. Man the fuck up, bro. It'll be all right. We've been getting this since we was kids, bro. This is why in that episode of So For Real Conversation, when I was saying on the next level, that's when the stresses start. We're never allowed to process the level we're on. You feel me? We're toddlers. We got to be big boys. Don't cry. You're a big boy. Bitch, this shit hurts. Okay, cool. I was a toddler. Okay. Now I'm a big boy. Okay. When I'm actually in a big boy stage. Oh, now it's time to be a young man. I didn't get to enjoy being a big boy yet. Like I didn't know. I don't know how to be a big boy yet. I'm. You guys just threw me in here when I wasn't even built for the big boy yet. Now that I'm finally built for the big boy, now you're throwing me into the toddler. Oh, well, learn fast because now you're going into the young man. Oh, okay. Now you're the grown man. You know what I'm saying? Like each level doesn't allow us to process the stresses that come with it from kids. You feel what I'm saying? I don't think a lot of people really understand the depths and the power of what it takes to see a man break down and cry. I always say, I always tell people, tears are the release of burdens from your soul. Tears are the release of the burdens from your soul. What you think it means when you don't cry? As a man. Now, this ain't on no boohoo shit, no whippering shit like, oh my gosh, I lost my dog. Now let me cry. Nah, bro. We really go through shit that brings tears to eyes. But the tears never fall. Cause that feeling, y'all know what I'm talking about. That feeling when you about to cry. That feeling when you about to start crying, you can feel it coming. It feels so awkward. It's foreign. We don't want it. We don't embrace it. You don't want to let go and cry. But in letting it go, literally and legitly, in letting the shit go, tears-wise, you ever wondered how, remember when you was a kid and you used to cry? Get that motherfucking good-ass whooping and shit. You crying and you down on the floor, you know, playing with that little doorstop thing. Why we all did that shit after whooping? I don't fucking know, but we did. That cry was very therapeutic and releasing. So therapeutic that. Do you remember, if you can, because it's probably been a long time for a lot of us and shit. You remember when you used to cry and how you know the shit was out for real? It was one indicator to let you know when it was really out. What you were holding on to is gone. And that's when you just sit down randomly. Your tears is wiped, everything cool, and you hit that. <laughs> it's like, I don't, like, that's a final, all right, it's done. That's the final hurrah or the the dying gasp of the pain. You feel me? Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you've done some crying. I've done some crying. I used to get my ass whooped a lot. I was bad. You feel me? No. I'm not going to say I was bad. I wasn't bad. I was an active fucking kid. And I didn't listen. That doesn't make me bad. (laughs) Oh, shit. But yeah, little shit like that is ultimately big shit. But think back to when you stopped crying. You literally stopped giving yourself permission to mourn. You stopped giving yourself permission to release pain. 
Just hold it in. You feel me? I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I got to make the song cry. How many things do we make cry because we can't see the tears coming from our eyes? And I don't mean an abusive way in which you enforce a will or you impose something that makes motherfuckers cry. But I mean, how often do we cry without shedding tears? You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, for some of us, we tap into artistry. For some of us, we tap into sports and different shit like that. But I don't release shit. It makes us channel what we're feeling rather than letting it go. It don't leave. It stays there. You feel what I mean? Again, because this is so for a conversation, I'm talking to us, the brothers. I'm not saying go boo-hoo cry. Go boo-hoo cry. Because, you know, like, I grew up hearing shit about, like, men crying in the dark. <laughs> Why? Because you can't cry in the light. Like, this shit is not new. You feel me? There's a group called Blue Magic and shit. I think that's the group. They got to say, I want to go outside in the rain. If I cry in the rain, you can't tell. Once the sun comes out and it's shining on my face, they won't see a single trace. But I'm going to cry in the rain because it looks like I was just in the rain. Not that I was crying. You dig what I'm saying? We <clears throat> strip the word crying away because it's so taboo. Replace crying with releasing burdens from your soul. Now say, I don't cry. I don't release burdens from my soul. I let them accumulate. I let them accumulate. And this ties into the whole theme of this episode, self-care. And this is why self-care is important. No, I'm not saying self-care is crying. I'm saying self-care is finding a release. Crying is the ultimate release. That's the fucking reset. When we... when. From birth, since a kid, when the overwhelmed, when the overwhelm hit, when it, when you were overwhelmed, when it hit so heavy, you cried. Frustration, anger, no matter the negative emotion, when it hit the peak of over of, of when it hit the peak of overwhelm, when it went beyond what it was supposed to go, when it went beyond what it's, you broke down and cried. You feel me? Cry out of anger, cry out of frustration, cry out of disappointment. These feelings never stop, bro. Contrary to what we I don't feel shit. We ain't, we feel shit. We feel shit. When you try to deny your feelings and you act like you numb, you're really emotionally retarded. The emotions never go there. The feelings never go away. You suppress them. You dig what I mean? They still there. So if the feelings are still there. The responses, same response that we once had, were still there as well. But we hold it in. It's like a sneeze. You ever held in a sneeze? I think I did, you know, nerd, nerd shit. But I was looking up sneezes one day. I was studying sneezes and shit. I think a sneeze can come out anywhere between what? 
150 to 200 miles per hour, a sneeze, <laughs> a sneeze can be ejected at like 200 miles per hour. When you like, choo, and motherfuckers, some motherfuckers won't sneeze. I used to be that motherfucker. Like, I would, <clears throat> until one day I felt motherfucking, like, so much pressure in my fucking head. I said, I never hold in another sneeze again. It felt like something was about to bust in my head. That was a sneeze. That was a one-time thing. You feel what I'm saying? If you sneeze, this is a tangent. But if you sneeze and you sneeze silently, please start sneezing out loud. Cover your mouth, do your dab, whatever. But make sure you blow that shit out. Do not try to be, I don't want to make too much noise. Fuck that. Fuck the anxiety. Fuck all of the other shit that comes with that shit. You fucking sneeze. That is way too much pressure in your body. To try to hold, your body has to sneeze for a reason because it is expelling something. Specifically something in your nasal passage. It is not supposed to be there. The sneeze is that potent because whatever it is, it will cling on if you don't sneeze. The power of the sneeze determines how much force was required to remove that thing from your nose. But if you're holding it in, that pressure, it builds up. And it fucks with you. Segwaying out of sneezing because that was just an example that I wanted to use. And looking at the reality of where we are, the pressures and shit that we hold in. We don't let that shit go. You know how much freer like we would be? I remember I was like, I think I was 15. I went to go get a physical. And they had me touch my toes or whatever the case may be. I didn't, I wasn't able to touch my toes. Like this is some funny shit, but this is some real shit. I was not able to actually touch my toes until I was like 22 years old. That's when I actually took stretching seriously. And I like, and I started to stretch and I was never able to touch my toes. And so when I was 15, I'm getting a physical and the daughter's like, you're stiff as an old man. At first I looked at it as I'm stiff as an old man, but then it's like, why am I stiff as an old man at 15 fucking years old? Why is my body so tensed? Why is my why why is my body so tensed up at 15 years old that my body is built like an old man? Yeah, I worked out. I did my, you know, I did my 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 bench presses. I did all of that shit. I worked out, I ran, I jogged, I did all of the other shit that I did, but I never did it for the sake of health. I did it because a motherfucker pissed me off and I couldn't address it. I did it because I was angry. I did it because I was disappointed. I did it because I was frustrated. I did it because something was fucking wrong. It was never for the love of it. It was never just because. You feel me? How many of us are like that? Just holding shit in. Hey, huddle up, broskies, because it's time to elevate. The secret to evolving masculinity is to define it, understand it, then apply it. The Sofrail series defines masculinity as the spiritual, mental, and physical embodiment of the essence of analysis and deconstruction. From this definition, I explain how masculinity is not just the hat that we wear, but it's the essence that we must exude through application. If you enjoy the Sofrail conversations, why not read the books that inspire them? Visit IamJustSeen.com right now to add the SoFrail series to your library to get a better understanding of what masculinity really is. I promise. After reading SoFrail, you will never look at masculinity the same again. Holding shit in. And the more life progressed, the more bullshit I took on. The more bullshit I kept saying, I'm good for. I'm good. I'm good. 
No. No. And this carries into our self-care. Self-care is not just, you know, what Instagram shows you with women, you know, with their bubble baths and their scented candles and shit. Nah, everybody got their own form of self-care. One of my, when I realized how deep my pains were, it wasn't until I started writing. When I started writing and rapping and making music, like that's how I released. You feel me? That's how I released. It was, I have a unique ability to transmute all my pain in a creative way that you don't know that I'm releasing my pain. Because I can put it in a story. I can put it in the dialogue and put it in something that's like, this is me. But it's like, you don't know it's me. You feel me? You don't know it's me. But those are that's one of the aspects of self-care that I have. You know, when it became problematic and it was no longer self-care? When I was in a relationship. And this was the first time a motherfucker ever told me they hated me in my life. But this person told me they hated me because I I wrote a song for my homie, one of my homegirls, you know, my best friend. I told her I was gonna write a song for it. It wasn't, I don't know, I love you, I wanna we're gonna like no, it wasn't no confessing to love. I talked about how when we was in high school, motherfucker, she almost broke my ribs because she pushed me to a wall. Like the fuck. And when she like she my ribs were bruised, bro. Like she pushed me into the motherfucker. I lost my wind. Everybody heard it, it was like, oh, <gasps> Oh, that's how bad it was, right? So I, I recap shit in that, and I'm like, yo, we still friends through that. I ain't talked to her for a good two days, though, because my ribs still fucking hurt. Like, how we became friends again was on some shit where she was like, um, I told a joke or something, and she started laughing. I said, yeah, that was funny. That was funny. And it was like, we kind of just started, because she didn't know how to approach me, because she was like, I, I really, she thought she fucked up our friendship. Yo, she, it, that shit hurt, bro. Like, my fucking, my shit was hurting. But, I wrote this song for this person because this is my friend, right? Nothing in there was about confessing the love. It was like, yo, I got your back for life because you're my friend, like my sister. This person heard the song or whatever the case may be, and she told me she hated me. The moment she said she hated me, I hated music. I lost my love for music because I, quote unquote, was loving this person. Somebody I loved hated me for something that I loved, for doing something that I loved. I stopped and my self-care stopped at that moment. I was no longer writing music the way I wanted to. I was no longer using it as a release. I was just going through the motions. My beats were trash. My lyrics were just what it, it was not like. I just stopped. And this is why I mentioned in the beginning, I lost my hair. That's when I started losing it. That's when I started that moment. I never forget it because I was looking in the mirror one time. I was like, yo, my hair's thinning. I was like, yo, since I've been with you, mind you. I noticed my hair was thinning. I was 20 years old. 20. 20 fucking years old. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it ain't, it's not genetic. It's not male pattern barnish that I have. I don't. Like, <laughs> the men in my family got heads full of hair. Like, you know what I'm saying? It like so much so that like my brother. Like, he's in his late 30s now, and his is just starting. Mine started when I was 20. That was a problem. Because there's other factors that I held on that I internalized to. I have a lot of shit that I never, like, I never knew about self-care. I'd still have my fucking hair if I did. You feel me? But those moments when pains, when things like, if I wanted to beat a motherfucker up, somebody pissed me, I could write about it in a song. 
I killed you 14 times and you don't know it. But you're still alive. But just know when I was talking about that Mac hanging out, swag away, pop, 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 that was you that I was talking about. <laughs> you feel me? But in that, when I was 20 years old, like I said, I noticed that my hair was thinner. And so I was looking at this person like, this has never happened to me before. By senior year, it was worse and worse and worse and worse. And it just kept compounding because I was still holding on to shit. I was never releasing anything. Now, granted, therapy, self-care, med- like I've done a lot of things, but it ain't going to do no good when the shit was already gone. You feel me? The follicles are already damaged. The shit ain't coming back. I miss my hair. I ain't going to lie. But at the same time, I've learned that self-care is that important. The self-care is that important. You feel what I mean? And to be able to release and let go of something, not hold it in and try to say, you know, there were so many burdens that I took on that I held that I just still try to smile through. And my brothers, I see us do the shit too. You feel me? My best childhood friend, I seen him cry one time. One time. And he cried because his grandfather had just died. I'm when I say just died, just died. Like he was on like his last little moments. So they was up there in the um in the in the home. And I get the call. He said, Yo, bro, can you come up here? I don't know what to do. Like I was 15, he was 14. Feel me? And all I could do was hug him. I get now, look, I get how women be so tight. When they really emotional and shit, and they don't gotta say shit. When a woman needs to vent to her homegirl or whatever the case may be, she just like, yo, I'm in pain. And her homegirl would just give her a hug and they just hold each other and shit. It don't be gay, it be all some other shit. Now, this is not to say that we still got cultural imprints, but in this moment, all that shit broke down. That wasn't motherfucking no gay shit to me. That wasn't no weird shit to me. That was my homie hurting, bro. My homie hurting, and I saw the kid in him. I saw the kid in him. All I could do was give him a hug, bro. Like he's crying into my shirt, into my shoulder, bro. We about the same height, but he's like, he crying, bro, boo-hooing. But it was never, bro. Yo, man, man, the fuck up, bro. Quit crying. I was like, yo, bro, I didn't even know what to say. All I could do was hug him. That was the only time I ever seen him cry. You feel me? I remember one time me and him were playing. Well, we weren't playing. We was fixing our bikes and shit with soccer wrenches and shit. This nigga threw a soccer wrench into the shed, but I was I happened to be in line of the shed. And the moment he threw it, I dipped forward. That bitch hit me right in the fucking forehead. That knot was so fucking big. It was we had a um my other homie, his mama was a, a nurse or some shit. She said, Boy, that's a concussion. Don't you go to sleep. She was like, It don't hurt. I was like, Nah, I'm good. Dizzy than a motherfucker. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. She was like, don't go to sleep. Walk around or something. I put. I had an ice pack on my head the whole day. The knot never went down. You feel me? It took it took like a day and a half for the swelling to stop, but it was like, it was a concussion. Like I seen, like when the shit hit me, it hit me so hard that it didn't hurt, but I knew I was in pain. You ever experienced some shit like that? Like the motherfucker hit me, I was like, <clears throat> matter of fact, when on the dark night, when Joker said, never start with the head because they can't feel anything else. <laughs> you 
He said, never start with the head. It keeps him from feeling anything else. That was some real shit. When I got hit in the head with that fucking wrench, like the moment it hit me, everything else shut down. I didn't feel anything. Like the pain was not, it was not throbbing. It wasn't hurting. I didn't have a headache, but I was concussed. Like the shit was just, it's like, what the fuck? It don't hurt. They're like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. But like my shits, my speech is slurring. I'm like, I'm disoriented and shit. You feel me? But I said that story, say, I didn't cry. That shit hurt. I would not let it tear out. My eyes even watered upon impact. (laughs) Upon impact, my eyes watered and I wouldn't let them fall. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I wasn't good. Bitch, you got hit in the head with a fucking socket wrench, bro. That's not good. That's not good at all. But, alas. Think about all the moments we have as kids, as children, as boys that we don't release from. Something, another thing that I started to do, because like I said, self caring always about bubble baths and shit. Another thing that I learned to do, and one of my homegirls, she did a Reiki session on me, and she put me onto this. She was like, look up TREs, bro. I'm like, what's a TRE? She was like, trauma um, trauma release exercises. I was like, nigga, all right. The fuck? Mm, I'll try it. So I looked it up, and I was like, it is bullshit. It's bullshit. I ain't going to. I said, I'll try it, though. When I performed the setup, I realized how much trauma I have. I hold into my body. I don't think, I think I'd be, I'd probably be doing trauma release exercises for the rest of my life in order for them to be effective. And it was so bad that, like the shit was so bad that it looked like I was having a seizure. You feel me? It literally looked like I was having a seizure because you lay on the floor and shit. You, you stimulate the nerves in such a way that they fire off voluntarily. This shit literally moves through your whole body. And it's so simple to do, but it literally moves through your whole body. So I started doing trauma release exercises and shit. And I realized how much trauma I had. You feel me? And she was like, when you do the TREs, just let your body do what it's going to do. Don't try to stop it, but make sure you have a pillow underneath. I said, the fuck, I'm going to have a seizure or something? She said, no, it's going to be seizure-like. But you have to release it. Let your body go until it stops. So I put the pillow under my head and I'm going. And another key point about trauma release exercises is that I can't explain this part of how it works. But wherever the trauma is and wherever it's stored, it's a memory tied there. When that trauma starts jerking, it starts jumping and you're releasing it, that memory comes to your head. Right? The whole left side of my body's fucked up. Now, I don't know bad shit. Like, I'm, I'm in the process of healing it. Like, that's what my working out, my yoga and shit is doing. But I got into a wreck. I got into a wreck when I was... It was like 2017, 2018 or something like that. I got rear-ended, right? And I knew I shouldn't have been on the road then. Like, I literally got the message, yo, don't drive right now. Nah, man, I got to go get this money. I'm big on science and numerology and astrology and shit. So the motherfucker that hit me drove a Chrysler 300, right? It was a Chrysler 300. And... One of my challenge numbers from a numerological numerological standpoint, my challenge numbers are three and eight. Three and fucking eight. Right? I'm going to break down the significance of that because I got hit by Chrysler 300 on the 17th. I think it was July. June or July. 17, if you know numerology, breaks down to an eight. Double challenge numbers. Do not drive. I didn't listen. You feel me? The sign was there. 
once I got hit, it was in hindsight. I said, oh, I wasn't supposed to be driving. My bad, bro. My bad. I wasn't supposed to be, you know, trying to get the money. So anyway, it fucked up my shoulder, but it reactivated the trauma that I had when I was run over by a car. That fucked up my shoulder too. I have a scar on my shoulder that came from when I got hit by a car. The axle rested up there or whatever the case may be, right? So that trauma, as I'm doing these trauma release exercises and shit, my left shoulder goes ham. When I say ham, this shit is crazy. Like, cause it's like at first you think the convulsions are just like, bam, they, cause you're conscious of it. It's not a seizure. Don't get me wrong. I know it sounds like, oh, nigga, you was having, no, I wasn't having a seizure. I was consciously focused and I just let my body go. When I started the trauma release exercises, I didn't try to fight it. That was another key component to you. You can look them up on YouTube. I recommend all my brothers look up trauma release exercises. But one thing that I would try to do is like when I first started them, when I felt myself shaking this, I was like, stop. No, don't stop it. Let it go. Let it flow. And my left, like I said, my left side, my left knee got damaged. My right shoulder, my left shoulder got damaged, re-damaged because it was already fucked up. But when she was doing a Reiki session and she's telling me, she said, I'm getting like a a light or something that's running from the left side of your body. Did something happen to you? I was like, yeah. She said, there's a blockage at your knee and there's a blockage at your shoulder. You feel me? And it's there. In order for me to clear it, I have to do the, I have to continue and consistently do the trauma release exercise. I stopped because I got to stay on my grind. I got to stay on this. I, gotta, I didn't take time to release. So as I'm doing them, right, as I'm following the process, actually learning how to, you know, maneuver and shit, my left side, as I'm doing the trauma release exercise, bang, my left shoulder just started going ham. It's like, it goes like in hard convulsions first. And I'm like, God damn, what the fuck is happening? And in the moment, all of the memories and everything that was tied to that, the trauma that I faced with that shoulder started coming to me. It was down in the deep recesses of my mind somewhere, completely suppressed. And I'm like, bam. So as other parts of my body convulse and start to release, because it's not really convulsing in a sense of seizures, but it's the release. My body's not letting it go. And so at certain parts of my body, I was like, damn, I did remember when I when that happened. Damn, you feel me? I had one that was like, because like I said, my shoulder went ham and then like my fingers, they just started going wild. And then the one that really stuck out the most outside of that, I was like, damn, I didn't even know that affected me was like my neck started twitching. Like, you feel me? Because I have tension built up in my neck too. But I knew that because I was like, yo, everybody told me, yo, your shoulders are too high. When I was six years old, five or six, my brother and my sister used to always come to me and push my shoulders down. They'd be like, why are your shoulders so up so high? I'd be like, I don't know. Like, they literally be like by my ear and shit. Like, you feel me? They used to tell me I used to have, I, I was conscious enough about it. I had to start being conscious about it to drop my shoulders. Every time I would see my brother, I would drop my shoulders. And as that was revealing, that was more so tied to the, to the accident. I was traumatized like a motherfucker at 17 months old. I, I hadn't, I did not have the memory to actually hold on to it, but my body did. You feel what I'm saying? But as I'm, I'm like, damn, I'm seeing all of these moments. That's why I'm so tight. That's why I'm scared of cars. I know people, oh, you, you drive, you part. Like that was a subconscious thing. I think the universe was taking me there to no longer fear him. I sold cars. I used to park cars. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. I sold cars at a car dealership. 
I parked cars for, you know, when I was an account manager at the valet. And then, of course, I drove cars when I did Uber and Lyft. Something about cars I had to face. I was I was scared of it. And I didn't know how scared of it I was until I had to sit. And I was an undergrad. Now, I wasn't doing trauma release exercises then, but I'm hindsight, you know, flashbacks. But I'm getting ready to cross the street. And I'm looking left. They say, you look both ways and then cross the street. I never stopped looking left to right. And my homie's like, yo, the road is clear. Why are you still looking? I don't fucking know, man. Shit, I'm just, I just, and it flows so naturally. I said, I just don't want to get hit by a car. And then as I'm doing the trauma release exercises and I'm thinking back to that shit and everything is like, the tension is leaving my shoulders. My shoulders going crazy. It's like, damn, that shit fucked me up. I'm afraid of cars. I was. I'm not afraid of them anymore. But I didn't even know that I was afraid of them. Like, you feel what I'm saying? It's like, what the fuck happened? You got hit by a fucking car. The fuck? Like, nobody recovers from that healthily. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't know because it happened so young. I was completely oblivious to how much damage it had done to me. So much so that my body stays on edge because I'm always tense. I'm always worried because it happened. I because it happened so fast. Fast things, you know, when something moves too fast by me, it makes me nervous. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, yo, if I, because I didn't dodge it. I didn't dodge it. But those things came to me during my trauma release exercises because it showed me where the trauma came from, what the trauma was. Those, like, I just sat and I relaxed. And then, like I said, with the exercise, it'll go until your body stops. When it stops, that's when I say, okay, this session is done. But that's not the end of the trauma. You feel me? I think the longest session I've done, like when I initiated, I was in there for a good 45 minutes. Body just, nerves are just releasing. I'm like, whew, I felt good than a motherfucker after that. I know that's not grammatically correct, but I don't give a fuck. I felt gooder than a motherfucker after that. You feel me? My body was intense. It felt, it felt better than a motherfucking massage. And so I made sure that I had to, I made sure to add that into my self-care. You feel me? I made sure I add that into my self-care because as a man, just going through life, having to stay, like, there's so many different things that, like, you feel me? I remember I got a massage for the first time, like a professional one, not... (laughs) <laughs> not one of those, you know, you're not one of those flirty Jones, you feel me, that really don't do shit. But I got a real massage. And as she's, as the masseuse is taking things, no, she's not a masseuse. She's a massage therapist. She corrected me. She's a massage therapist. So as the massage therapist is massaging my shoulders, I'm like, ow, ow, what is that? It felt like a golf ball was moving through my body. And she was like, I said, what are you putting on my back? She said, there's nothing on your back. I was like, yo, you're putting something. I said, there's something in my shoulder. Like, what are you putting in there? She said, that's nothing but your tension. Those are your knots. I said, it feel like you moving a golf ball. She said, yes, it is that big. Relax. I'm trying, but this shit hurt. It's like, you feel me? The shit felt like I was a golf ball was being moved to my shoulder. I said, how are you doing this? This ain't normal. She said, it is normal. She said, you need to learn to relax a lot. You feel me? These are the dynamics and the situations that I've known. I'm not the only one that feels this. I'm not the only one this happens to. 
like I said, when I talk to my brothers and shit and they start telling me the stories, I'm like, I know, I can relate. And I I, I set up all of the shit that I set up, especially, especially these so-frail conversations, because I want to give us a space to have the confidence to do shit like this. Self-care ain't nothing. Like, you, your self-care is your own shit. But you need to have self-care in a way that you can release. Like, really release and not keep storing and compartmentalizing. That's all we doing. We storing this shit. And it's storing in our bodies. Physically. And the reason why I mentioned this, the trauma release exercises, and the reason why I started with the stroke from my uncle is because this is why I say the stroke comes from the body's the pressure tied up and wound up in the nerves. Ain't nothing we can do no more. We can't hold anymore. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back. We can't hold any more tension. Fuck it. Let it go. Stroke. Whole left side of your body drop. Why? Because the nerves can't hold anymore. Those nerves cannot hold anymore. And it all collapses at one time. Slurred speech, all of that shit. It's all nervous. Your nerves, what your ability to communicate with your tongue and shit is tied to your tongue. You have you have the hypoglossal um nerves, you have different nerves in your tongue that help your tongue move for the musculature and taste and all of that shit, right? That shit happens. This is why they get slurred speech after that. Because it's symmetrical. Your body is symmetrical. You have the same nerves on the left side as you have on the right side. What happens when all of the, nef- the left side nerves shut down? The right side has to kick in. You feel me? But the right side is like, I've already done my job. And typically because of the world we live in, most of us are right dominant. That's why that side doesn't collapse. It's used to always being in that. The left side is what holds and can't take it. You feel me? If we release that, before it developed into a stroke, what would we be? If we released that before it developed into a heart attack, how would we be? You feel me? It's so many other dynamics that tie into the shit. Cause then it's like, you know, for some of us, we use we 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 use getting pussy as self-care. Wrong? Because now every nut is now depleting depleting your body too. I did an episode on semen retention. Check that out. But all of these things, all of these different dynamics and these paths and these ways in which we go are very, very important and are very lucrative in, in maintaining who we are. You feel me? As men, we need to have self-care. And it's not always about powwows. You feel me? And sometimes it is about powwow. Call your mans up, call your homie up and just talk. Like, you feel me? We don't have the luxury for that. You feel me? I used to have homies I could stay on the phone with for like three hours. You feel me? Again, I come from a different cloth you feel me oh yeah if a man can stay on the phone for three hours something wrong no stupid something's right something's right if i can stay on the phone with three hours with with with, with a homie with a brother like you know what i'm saying and we able to vibe and build ain't nothing wrong with that and this is why we hold shit in because everything that is designed to allow us to release some shit we find a problem with we find a problem with like I said, when that my life really changed when me and my my homeboy, when I hugged my homeboy that time when I was 15 years old when his grandfather passed. My life changed because I was like, this shit ain't gay. This shit ain't soft. 
It's like I'm strong for him right now. Because he can't be. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's ways in which we can, you know, help each other as far as releasing, as far as speaking, you know, as far as finding the right moments. But that self-care is individually ours. You have to find what is going to work with you. I recommend trauma release exercises for all of us. All of us. Ain't no way in hell we stay in a gym. Ain't no way in hell we dealing with fucking the world. And we can come, like, we got to release this shit. Next time you walk, look at your hands. Make sure your fist ain't clenched up. You feel me? Next time you just sit and idle, see if your nose is flared up. My nose flares all the time. Motherfucker, like, you mad. My nose is just flared because now I know how the body works. Your nose flares up as a natural response to get, um, when you're in a fight or flight response, your nose flares up so you can get oxygen to your body faster. So you can breathe in deeper. When was the last time you breathed into your stomach? You probably breathe into your chest. Because again, that's fight or flight response shit. That's another self-care thing. Breathing into your diaphragm. Let your stomach expand. You'll feel it. You'll feel where your diaphragm is and you'll feel feel your stomach expand as you take that deep breath. You'll see how much more you'll see how much oxygen you really ain't getting in a day. Do 10 diaphragmatic breaths. Do 10 of them motherfuckers. And watch how much oxygen hits your body. And you like, God damn. I have not been breathing right because you breathe into your chest. That's how stressed we are because we breathe into our chest because that is the upper level of our lung, our lung capacity. You feel me? I think it's the top two lobes and shit. But we don't breathe into the bottom lobes. We don't breathe into the bottom lobes, which deteriorates a lot faster. And because of that, what we keep in our chest, you feel me? It's jokes that you'll say it in your chest. Now you're supposed to breathe into your stomach, bro. You're not supposed to breathe into your chest. Your chest, like, when we get angry, our chest swell up, our nose flares, and <sighs> why you start breathing so fast? You're not breathing in your diaphragm anymore, but the crazy part is about that. We breathe like that all the time. Just because it's slower, we still breathe into our chest. We don't breathe down into our stomach. That shit feels awkward. You feel me? Self-care is so fucking important, bro. I advocate this shit. Find a way to release the tension and everything in your body. If massages is what you do, do it. If trauma release exercises is what you do, do it. Yoga, whatever. You need to do something that releases, not con- not constricts. Constricting is good, cool, but that that reduces your flexibility. You feel me? And this carries over. This is why I'm big on the mind, body, and soul. Because that carries over. You feel me? That carries over. I ain't even gonna hold you. I'm a type of motherfucker who, who is very rigid. Motherfuckers be like, I'm stubborn and all of this shit like that. Mm, I might be. My mind is stubborn. My soul is stubborn because my body is. 
I have no my, my flexibility. I have to strengthen my flexibility, which now trickles down into other aspects of my life. Are you really like when you think about it? If your muscles are stiff, if your body's stiff, are you stiff and rigid in your life? You have a rigid body. Do you have a rigid mind? If you have a rigid mind, you have a rigid soul. Like all of these things tie in because there is no difference. There is no hierarchy. These are all one things. And they're the same. Self-care helps you identify that shit, yo. In addition to self-care, we have to take our mental health seriously. That shit's real, bro. Mental health is real. You're not crazy. You're not retarded. You're not none of that shit. Your mental health is off. Mental health is just like physical health. Your physical health, you weak as fuck if you don't work it. Mental health is, is the same shit. But see, mental health is not just studying and gaining knowledge and, you know, Mental health is also your emotions and your feelings. You feel me? Your feelings dictate your thoughts. Something I put in Sofra 3. I put that all, like, I, <clears throat> Sofra 3 is going to be a real game changer for a lot of people who choose to read it. That was my intention. I want my brothers to be able to tap in for real without feeling like they losing something. You feel what I mean? Your feelings dictate your thoughts. That what you that which you feel controls what you think. But if you don't understand your feelings, you will not understand your thoughts. And thoughts precede action. So do you see how important it is to not numb yourself to your feelings, to not erase your feelings, to not suppress your feelings, but to embrace them, acknowledge them and understand them? Doing so will give you a more lucrative more viable, more powerful, more productive life. Because what we feel, we have to feel like everything, all your feelings can be triggered. We only look at negative shit. What triggers you positively? What triggers you negatively? Go towards that. Learn that trigger. Learn how to remove yourself from these situations. Because now that is how you control your thoughts. Now you can have more positive thoughts. Now you can have more rewarding thoughts. Now you can have more fruitful thoughts. Thoughts that actually fucking matter. You feel me? Which means your actions improve. It means your fucking actions improve. And when your fucking actions improve, your life improves. And it's all because of self-care. And don't forget to take a moment to go get your exclusive merchandise from Just Scenes Merch. At Just Scenes, each piece is specifically crafted with positive imagery and symbolism. From the titles and designs to the descriptions, each style gives you something to feel great about. With everything from hoodies and tees to coffee mugs and tote bags, we have something for the entire family. So be sure to get yours today. Find us on Instagram at Just Scenes Merch and get your merchandise right now. All right. All right. I think I'm going to end it there. I really just, this conversation, I felt like it needed to happen like, a lot of my brothers, like, we don't take self-care seriously. And I'm not talking about self-maintenance. Oh, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go get me some shit. Like, ooh. No, I'm not talking about the Metro shit. You feel me? I'm talking about real self-care. Allowing yourself to let go. Allowing yourself to let go. I got an episode, a podcast episode about stillness. You can check that. You should check that one out, too, if you haven't already. Stillness. Because see, the thing about stillness is stillness is when everything is in motion at one time. 
people don't we think stillness is nothing happening like i've learned the concept of stillness when i used to meditate the moment i start meditating and i'm still my whole body's moving but the reason why viewably you don't know that it's moving or you can't acknowledge it is because it's not moving but it's moving with all antagonistic muscles my extensors are moving in comparison with my, my extensors are moving with the exact um tension as my uh flexors you feel me cuz mainly that's all muscles are that's basically what our anatomy is about extensors and flexors for the most part you feel me when they are all evenly in line you're still doesn't mean nothing's happening it means everything is happening at once so when people say be still how do you control that this is why i also say peace is the control of chaos not the absence of it do you feel me all of these things are derived in in in, in pieces that we need to in, in incorporate within our self-care regimens create a self-care regimen do what you love like write you know dance do whatever you feel me make sure you're able to put that the right shit into your life self care is powerful powerful shit changed my perspective of life you did what i'm saying some of the shit that i do for self care i take spiritual baths you feel me cleansing baths and shit then i you know I put my favorite essential oils in the shit, some Epsom salt, and just soak in the motherfucker. Cut out the lights and light candles. Leave my phones outside of the bathroom. It's just me and the natural light, no artificial light, nothing. And I'm just sitting there vibing with it, letting that ambiance just soak in, releasing, letting it all go. You feel me? My trauma release exercises. You feel me? My jam sessions. You feel me? I got so many jam sessions I don't leak, I don't release because they're not for everybody. They're for me. The ones that I feel, the ones that people hear is because, okay, you need to hear that. You feel me? But other than that, most of them are for me. A lot of the bars, a lot of the rhymes, a lot of lyrics that I spit, nobody's ever heard. Some of my deepest shit, nobody's ever heard my poems and shit because it runs deeper than... Just, you know what I mean? It's my self-care. It's my release. And sometimes I can't release it because it'll cause, I mean, I can't release it publicly because it'll cause me to relive it and keep it. I don't want to keep it. That's why I give it out. You feel me? Sometimes I write shit just to burn it. Writing, writing, scribing, that is a good thing. Like, sometimes I write shit that's on my mind. You feel me? With no order. No order. I don't try to structure it and say, I need to be writing about this topic. No, I just write. I don't give a fuck. It don't matter what it is. I'm like, yo, this motherfucker pissed me off. And then like, bam, bam, bam. Like, shit, just let it run how it's going to run until my hand and my body registers. I don't need to write anymore. I don't give a fuck if it's random shit, something in the middle of the thought it says, and then Gumby did this or say Gumby or some shit. I don't care. I write until my body, my mind, my soul says it is done. It is done. And then 
Once I get that it is done feeling, I burn it. It's gone. Let it go. Ain't nothing to dwell on anymore. It's gone. And literally, I set it to the wind. And then lastly, if I get too overwhelmed with some shit and tears want to fry, want to flow, I cry. I cry, bro. Like dead ass, bro. It took a long time to get to that point where I can cry. But that shit's hard. Because that shit's hard because like that feeling. You've suppressed it so long that you know that feeling happens when you're about to cry with it well up and you're like, you literally stop it. I stop stopping it. Just And I learned how to stop stopping it with my TREs. Because when my body starts convulsing, I eventually, I, I instantly want to tense up and stop it and say, let it go. You feel me? You ever seen old people? Like they older and shit. And like when they're trying to count money out of the register, their hands start jerking and shit and they can't get it. Too much trauma in their body. And when their body is trying to be still, it can't. It's too chaotic. Too chaotic. And they haven't released it yet. They don't shake on a regular basis. They ain't got the shakes. But when it's time for them to focus, they can't focus. Their nerves will not censor for them to focus. You dig what I'm saying? That's a crazy reality. But as my brothers, it comes from us taking on self-care. I want us to see, I want to see us live beyond 70, 80 years old. Like I'm not, I don't know funny shit or anything like that. Like more times than none, when you hear about people making it to 90, 100 years old and shit is women. I'm all for women living long. I'm all for everybody living as long as possible. I myself want to live to 125. You feel me? But I know that there's things that has to be done in order for me to do that. It's more than just eating right. You feel me? I can't carry the shit. You know what I mean? That's going to take me somewhere else. You dig what I mean? I can always tell for myself when it's time for me to have a TRE session because I smoke more. It kind of went hand in hand. Like I started smoking after I got into the wreck. It reactivated that shoulder shit. Shit went hand in hand. In addition to my homeboy dying, but all of that shit happened at one time. So much so that I can't even remember. I, I blur the timelines at times. But I do happen to know that I went to his funeral with my car wrecked. So it's like, he died. I got into a wreck. I went to the funeral. And then I kept going. I didn't stop. And this is something I talk about in Sofra 3, and I'll end it with this nugget right here. I never stopped to grieve my homeboy's death. Never. Because there's still that moment where I was still trying to believe it. Like, nah, bro. Y'all bullshitting. I was on some, this is a sick joke. This is a prank. Y'all playing with me. Up until the day we are driving to see his body. It was no longer fantasy anymore. It was real to me when I seen his body. Nobody could say nothing. Everybody was just looking like, he's gone, bro. Like, this ain't right. Like, how? When? That's when it happened. Still never stopped. I never stopped to grieve. And because I never stopped to grieve, I just kept going. 
I just try to suppress it. And this is what I'm talking about with Sofra 3. The reason why we can't grieve is because we can't mourn. Mourning, M-O-U-R-N, not the other mourning, because I know how y'all woke motherfuckers are. But mourning is initiated with tears. You cannot grieve until you mourn. I don't know. I don't make the rules. I just relay the messages. You cannot grieve until you start mourning. Mourning accepts the loss. By not mourning, you're denying yourself that you're feeling the pain. You're denying the loss that you're facing. You dig what I'm saying? You're literally denying it. Therefore, you won't get to grieve. So you won't even get to the first phase of the five stages of grief. Denial. You're in denial because you won't mourn. Mourning allows you into getting, you know what I'm saying, out of that denial. That's where the anger comes. Some of us don't have the luxury or we don't have the ability to stop, so we don't. You feel me? That shit took its toll on me. You feel me? I still haven't grieved it. I might start the process today. Now that I'm having this podcast because this episode, because like, as I was talking about him, like I felt myself welling up, but I ain't about to cry on this podcast. You feel me? But I felt myself welling up and I realized that I never mourned it. I never mourned his death. Therefore, I couldn't grieve from it. The shit was, it was, it was tragic because it was one of those things where it's like, you get survivor's guilt, you get, you feel me? It's not that I was with him or anything like that, but it's like he and I, we were low-key working on being business partners. It was like going to be the epitome of brain and brawn type shit. He was the motherfucker working with his hands. I was the motherfucker working with my mind, but I was teaching him the shit about working with his mind. He was teaching me shit about working with his hands, with my hands. He fixed cars and shit. I'm like, yo, bro, show me how to do this. I wasn't prideful in this shit. I was like, yo, bro, show me how to do this. Oh, that's how you, you know, change spark plug, boom, boom, boom. You feel me? Shit that I didn't have. I never had that growing up. So I learned that shit. And it was like, yo, bro, I want to do real estate. I'm going to get the houses and shit, the, the places, and you be the property manager. Because he knew how to fix toy. He knew how to fix the shit. I ain't know how to do the shit. Not yet anyway. I was learning. You feel me? But it's like, damn, whole shit just dissolved. And I don't think I ever recovered from that because it was deeper than that. This is a black man, you know what I'm saying? Like in the streets, but he's getting out. It's a little shit. It's a father. You feel me? But I'm saying that to say this. All of us have gone through shit that we need self-care for. We ain't good. And we don't need to always pretend like we are. Whatever your self-care regimen develops into, whatever it is, please have one. Please make one. Do not be ashamed. Do not be afraid. Do not be scared to make a self-care plan. Have moments where it's just to you. You feel me? Today is actually my self-care day. You feel me? I just happen to do the, the work that I do is on my podcast. I record them for the week. 
all in one day. And so after that, I do my thing. This is my self-care day. You feel me? I don't do shit, but enjoy life. Try my best to. And then face the things that I'm dealing with. Meditations are like, you feel me? These are our realities, but I think I'm going to go ahead and end it there because it's time to get heavy. Um, Go kiss your babies. Make sure they eat their vegetables. And as far as our sons, man, let's not teach them the power of pushing your threshold. Teach them the power of processing your feelings. Understanding your triggers, understand where your feelings are being able to articulate it. Do not dismiss your boys, bro. I've been talking about this from so frail one, so frail two, and so frail three. So frail two really put it on the, on the head. You feel me? Of what happens when we become emotionally available, unavailable, emotionally retarded. That was that book. Because that's kind of what we have acknowledged and what we accepted right now. But we can't do our babies like that anymore. Can't do our sons like that anymore. Because when you look at who you are as a man, with all the stresses and attention, would you want that for your child, your son? Only way it's not going to happen to him is if he learns how to maneuver longer than in a capacity earlier than you learn. I remember Jay-Z saying, um, he said, I found my life purpose at 26. Only thing I wish is I can cut that time in half for my son. Of course, he rhymed it, and I don't remember the whole bar, but that's what it was. I didn't take self-care. I didn't take mental health. I didn't take all of this shit seriously until I was like 25, 26 years old. I got to cut that time in half for my babies. It's on us to cut that, especially our sons. We can no longer be a culture of heartless monsters. And I'm not calling us monsters like they would call us monsters. And it's like, I'm saying in the sense of when you're haunted by monsters for so long, in order for them to stop being scary, you have to become the monster too. That is going to be something that is in the rites of passage. Is it the rites of passage chapter? I want to say it's the rites of passage chapter of Sofrel 3. I'm pretty sure it's the rites of passage chapter in Sofrel 3. Very, very, very important chapter. Very important chapter. But we got to break the stigma that we have put up on our little boys and shit. Let them feel. Let them feel. So go kiss your babies. Make sure they eat their vegetables. And I'm going to see y'all all on the next one. Peace, love, knowledge, and freedom. I'm out.